Support for this podcast comes from White Rogers. With over 75 years of expertise in heating and cooling controls, White Rogers is proud to offer a full line of furnace controls, gas valves, cooling and heat pump controls, water heat valves and controls, as well as our leading edge thermostats. For more information, go to climate.emerson.com. Welcome to The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends. I'm so thankful you're here. As a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube, as well as your podcast player of choice. Today's show is a great conversation I had with Al Balzoni of Efficient Air in Riverdale, New Jersey. And I'm talking to Al because Efficient Air has had back-to-back record-breaking years in terms of revenue. Uh, when we talked about a month ago, sales were up 94% from the previous year at a 52% gross margin. That's fantastic. Um, as you'll learn, Al came to SGI looking for a, a way to break through this glass ceiling he had had hovering over the business. He just couldn't seem to grow past that $2 million mark. Uh, obviously, that's not to struggle any further. What I think is so incredible about, about Al's story is, you know, he joined SGI weeks before COVID hit, and it shut down his business for a month. Um, obviously, none of us knew what to do at first, um, but he and his team pushed through uh, because of Al's determination. And, and again, the determination of his people, they were able to make critical changes to efficient air that are now leading to massive results. They're truly a remarkable team. So, Without further ado, here's my conversation with Al Balzoni of Efficient Air in Riverdale, New Jersey. I hope you enjoy it and take away a nugget or two. Al, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm incredibly happy and excited to have you. Uh, For those who have not had the pleasure of meeting you, could you please share with them your name, your company name, and where you guys are located? Absolutely. So my name is Al Balanzi. I own Efficient Air Service, and we're in Riverdale, New Jersey. We're in northern New Jersey. Northern New Jersey. Very good. And uh, just for everyone, you know, so they know, can you kind of break down what your team looks like? What, uh, how about, how about who's, in the, who's in the office there with you? Who, who all is on the, the, uh, the office? Yeah, staff? sure. No problem. So we have, there's a total of six of us in the office. Okay. That includes one person out in the warehouse. I consider him kind of part of our office. Sure. Of course. We have six installers and five service tech, one salesperson. Okay, one salesperson. All right. Are your service techs? I guess they all do a blend of maintenance and service. Yeah. Okay. And then you're installed. I guess what two? You said there were six, so three installed teams. Sometimes we do three teams of two, and okay. sometimes we do two teams of three. It really depends on what we have going on and how complicated the job is. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because uh, I know you've had a killer couple years here, and uh, just just for everyone, so they know. Talk about where sales are today versus versus last year. Yeah, right now our year to date is uh, we're about ninety four percent greater sales this time over last year. So we're you know we're doing fantastic here. And, and most importantly, it's at a, at a real strong gross margin. You said you were sharing with off camera. Yeah, we're at about fifty. I'm at about fifty two point nine percent gross profit right now. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. And that's why we're talking. That's why we're talking. So before we dig into the nuts and bolts of your day-to-day operation and how things are going well, I love learning people's backgrounds. I think there's a lot that can be learned from that. Um, your, uh, your About Us page on your website gave me a little insight, so I can guide this a little better. Let's. You started as an apprentice in 1996. So what led you uh, into the HVAC industry? Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, so right before that, like right after high school, around you know 1991, I pretty much knew that I didn't want to. I didn't really want to work in an office environment, you know, like the type of white collar job. Sure. I knew that much. I just didn't really know where I wanted to be. I thought I wanted to get into the automotive field. Okay. So I worked in that arena for a few years, and and I didn't feel like I didn't. I just couldn't find my my groove there. Um, yeah. Got laid off from the job I was working at, and um, I didn't have I didn't have a job basically. And um, my uncle was in this trade, and my mom, you know, was was there talking to me, and we just happened to be sitting on the couch, and 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 a commercial came on TV. Funny story for Lincoln Tech, which is okay. a um, I'm not sure if they have that all around the country or not, but in in New Jersey we have Lincoln Tech, which is a trade school. 
and it was advertising HVAC. I looked at my mom. She looked at me like, why don't we go check that out, you know? Yeah. So I went and uh, got a tour of the, of the, of the facility and I, I liked it. So I, you know, went in, you know, full swing and then put a hundred percent into it. Yeah. You know, I ended up to be, you know, one of the better students got out and I was really, I felt like it prepared me to get out there and be, uh, you know, entry level service tech. Okay. And you said, if I read your site, right, you were an apprentice for like five, is it a five-year program in New yeah. Jersey? Yeah, we, we had a, there's a, there's some apprenticeship programs here. So I did go through an apprenticeship program, a okay. five-year program, mm -hmm. uh, completed the five-year program. I worked with one company for 10 years. Okay. So I got in the trade when I was about 20-ish. Uh, okay. And I stayed in the trade until I was about 30. Okay. So, uh, and then uh, I started a fissionaire right after, after I put my 10 years in. So I worked for five years as an apprentice and then I became a journeyman. And, uh, you know, from journeyman, uh, stayed there for five more years. Sure. Always residential service and replacement, or did you do a variety? That was actually more, believe it or not, I was a commercial. I started my career as a commercial guy. Okay. All right. Yeah, so when you, uh, okay. Uh, when you, now, when you decide, let's first start with that. Why did you decide to start your own business? What, where'd that entrepreneurial bug bite you? Well, I felt like I always had it, you know, the way I was just brought up. My dad had a bunch of businesses. Some okay. were successful, some were. And so it was kind of in that, it always starts in the house, I feel, you know, how you're raised. Sure. Um, yeah. So we had, we had that bug in the house and, you know, my, my daughter was born in 2004 and okay. that was really the, the, the awakening moment for me. It was like, you know, we had two incomes, then we went to one income. Okay, sure. And I just felt like where I was at the time, uh, I wasn't going to really achieve the goals that I, I, I had for myself. Sure. I had more in mind than what I was, you know, doing at the time. So yeah. I felt the only way to really do that is to try, try my own thing. So I started in 2005. Okay. Right after a year after she was born, obviously like all startups, you know, everybody was against it. You know, family was like, <laughs> you're crazy, you know, because I had a child mm -hmm. and I was leaving a stable job, you know, to go do this. So sure. It was a lot of risk at the time. It felt like oh, a lot of risk for sure. Of course, of course. So let's see, you started, like you said, 2005. You'd kind of had a commercial background. So did you originally try to get into commercial again or or did you realize you wanted to do residential service and replacement right away? That's a great question. You know, like any other startup in the, in the beginning, I that was my strength and that's all I really knew. I was sure. obviously you know, working for family and friends on residential. So I knew a little bit about residential, but I didn't know a lot. So yeah. I was kind of lost for the first bunch of years of, of a fish and air. I was trying to find my way, you know, I was trying yeah. to decide, do I want to be, I didn't have the connections I felt like to do commercial. Right. And right. It, we ended up doing some commercial stuff, but ultimately I realized, you know, we are a residential company. That's where my people, you know, I had to, I had to change my mindset, right? It was like, yeah. I can't build, it was my strength, but the people I was bringing in at the time, that wasn't their strength. Commercial mm -hmm. is a different set of skills. Sure. So we ended up working with the strength of our people and we just yeah. totally converted to a residential company. How long did it take before you were able to start hiring people? So you started in 05, did it happen? right away like i gotta get some installers i gotta you know yeah, need some help yeah great question i started in 05 and I, I was still working my job till 06. okay you know so during that year i built up you know enough work where when i left in 06 i officially left my job in 06. okay i um i had enough work for about six months to survive and okay. most of it was thanks to the help of my brother friends guys that i knew they all helped and and we got started i don't remember when we hired our first employee but in my business plan you know my goal was always to work my way out of the field good um and i was able to accomplish that for the most part on installs probably by 2009 eight, okay. 2008 2009 yeah, I would say we started bringing in, you know, some some helpers, some employees, and I was running service. Okay. Probably until around 
until about 2011, okay. I was running service calls. And then we hired our first service tech in 2011, I believe it okay. was, 2010, 2011. Yeah. All right. And it looks like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's when you moved out of your house, too. That was a big landmark moment for the business, right? 2011, yeah. it looked like you moved yeah, in we your did. I, It was a home-based business working out of a garage in a basement. Yeah. And yeah, it was a big, big, exciting venture. We bought our own building, which now we're, you know, funny. It's 10 years later. I'm actually on the phone with contractors right now. We're looking to add more office space. I bet. Somebody told me once that I, you know, it's funny. Uh, a sales rep came in here and said, you know, hey, congratulations. Good luck. You know, I've got more warehouse than I have office currently. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like one day that's going to change for you. Right. And he was right. Here I am talking to contractors. We need we need more office space. That's good. That's a good problem to have. That's a great problem to have. Now, did yeah. you shift completely into sales when you kind of got out of the service tech position? You know, g- yeah. general manager slash sales uh, salesperson. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats. Even right now, you know, uh, we I would do wear a lot of hats. And yes, I was I have been the the primary salesperson mm-hmm. until last year. So after. Oh, I got, okay. Yeah, until last year, I finally hired a salesperson. I wish I did it sooner. Okay, well, we'll dig into that in a little bit. We won't, because we'll, we can really veer down that path. Um, all right, so you ran into us, or you found us uh, in beginning of 2020-ish, or maybe end of 2019. Uh, you were telling me off camera you actually had uh, met another member. Could you kind of share that story with everyone? Yeah, sure. So we're, I was on, a, like I was saying, I was on a dealer trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful island somewhere. I'm sure we were in a nice pool. Sure. Uh, and, you know, I was just at the time we were, you know, we were kind of stuck at, you know, we, we felt like we had the, the glass ceiling above us. I felt like I wasn't really, I wasn't making traction. Mm-hmm. And one of the members that I was uh, talking to talk, told me about you guys. And when I got back on my trip, I, I did some research and, um, I was able to get into, you know, a profit day and I, I flew to North Carolina, met the guys oh, wow. there. They really yeah. opened up my eyes. Right. Yeah. And then um, immediately, you know, after when I came back, um, we went to. I, I joined on and then I had to do the, the EP. Right. Sure. Exactly. Now, that was a little different for us because at the time I wanted to join pretty quickly you know i was sure. kind of anxious to get going so for me right. they did they made an exception and i had a i had a i had an ep that was different than every anyone else's i was oh, wow. by myself okay yes i was the only member i know like usually there's multiple people there you meet people etc so mine was a little different than sure i got i got a little different uh you know treatment and and thank god i did it that was in february right and then when march came <laughs> you know, COVID hit, everything shut down. So right. it's a great time to have, you know, SGI, you know, with me, because I felt sure. like you guys helped us get through, you know, the right. COVID situation. Well, thank you. I know we were we were trying to put out as much information as possible. Things were changing by the minute. And uh, you certainly, where you were, you were pretty much ground zero of everything was happening at first. Everyone was looking at New Jersey and, and Pennsylvania, New York, seeing, okay, what's happening there? What's coming to our our part of the country. Um, talk about, so, you know, you leave February, then this hits on March. What uh, what did you do? I mean, I'm sure you left EP with a list of things you wanted to, to do, right? Or change or implement. And then all of a sudden you're, you're left navigating this other giant circumstance. So yeah. were you able to implement things right away? Or were you just trying to keep your, your team busy? Uh, what, what did you have to do back then? Yeah, well, fortunately, you know, at the time, um, we, you know, the, the jobs, everything stopped here, you know, in March for me, you know, the phones completely died Sure. and the main focus, you know, obviously there's that fear of the unknown. We had to overcome that. Um, just try to stay on track, you know, as the leader, I, the first goal was to, you know, for the install guys, I happen to have a project for them that they can go on that was safe, yeah. you know? Yeah. So those guys were taken care of. My install team was taken care of. I had to figure out how to get the uh, the service techs going. Sure. And once I got that, you know, basically what, what we need to do is re retool. 
I, I wasn't able to really implement anything that I learned right. at EP right away because of COVID. So I had to oh. do other things. And uh, a lot of it just had to do with, you know, the messaging. You know, yeah. we, since our phone stopped ringing, we had to call out. So we, right. we immediately started calling out our customers yeah. and we had the scripting that you guys yeah. helped, you know, and we fine tuned it to our, you know, what we sure. need. 100%. And, and I think that ultimately changed a lot of things for us. That that enabled us to start getting into some people's homes. Good. Uh, so really, at that point, I had to put everything I learned at EP on hold. Yeah. And navigate COVID. Right. When did uh, when when did phones start ringing and start get getting to somewhat normalcy? A couple yeah, months. Yeah, I would say I would say probably a month later. Okay. In April ish, yeah. you know, we started noticing, wow, a lot of people are calling. Right. You know, and then we kind of, you know, it, it's crazy, right? But we ended up having another record year in 2020. Right. You know, we finally, you know, broke, you know, our, our, our $1.8 million ceiling. And we ended up doing like, I think 2.4, 2.6. I don't remember, but sure. You know, we ended up having a That's really great. good year, all, all things considered. Yeah, with a month with a month shut down and all that uncertainty. Uh, yeah, we made up right. all that traction. Yes. Yeah, that's great. When did and you a lot of it? You know, I would say like the one thing that we did do immediately um, after we've we kind of got things under control with COVID, where meaning the script was right. You know, I felt like our messaging was right to the client. We made the client feel at ease. I would say the most immediate thing that we did was look at our margins. Good. And we did end up raising our install prices. You know, we, we, were, we were, I felt like we were really low. So we, sure. we, we worked on the margins. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's, if, if anyone learns anything with us right away, it's get your numbers right, right? Because you know that you can't grow if you don't have money to, to invest in your business. Um, what, what are, what are some of the other things that you maybe did early on? You know, uh, I know you guys have an incorporated service, you know, straightforward pricing you use, which you had, which is fine, but you got your install pricing up. I'm, I'm assuming you, you always did some kind of a service fee, right? Yeah, uh, we have or, a service yeah. fee. We always, we never, we never ran our company without a service fee. We good. did raise our service fee. Okay, good. Um, you know, we increased that. Um, some of the things that we've done, you know, like right after EP, we, we changed when it comes to like, the message of the off, like the way we answer our phones, our call takers, you know, we, we changed our message to, um, I feel like, you know, I want to like, I want to impress the customer. I want to break the ice when the client sure. calls in. So we, we had, a we, we changed our, 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 the way we answer our phones to, to, you know, help the customer, uh, kind of like, just feel at ease like they're doing business with a different kind of company not right. just your average hvac company sure um did that and we just had a lot of projects in 2020 nothing some <laughs> stuff that's not really not really related here um sure. trying to think what some of the marketing programs that we did in late you know and later in the year they they were very helpful too to help us go get through our our lower you know lower volume months Sure. On, uh, on the service side, um, we, you know, we talk about doing, you know, complete uh, system performance report and then building options. Was that something you guys had been doing previously, you know, uh, pretty well, or was that something kind of a, a newer thing for you guys? It's, it definitely opened up. It, we were doing it, but not at the level that it is now with the, yeah. you know, could do, should do, must do, yeah. et cetera. Those are much better ways to propose, you know, repair work to a client. Sure. Um, I, I personally think that's a fantastic approach. Yeah. You know, we had other checklists that we were using, right. but they're not as good as the, you know, the system performance report. And when you do it, it really tells, it really lets, you know, when, when a customer calls and complains, you know, well, they want a service call, but then they complain about the service fee. Right. Well, you know, the reason we're, there is a service fee is because we're, we're doing, a, you know, a system performance check. So, yeah. you know, that kind of helps you. What I've learned is since I joined you guys is like, I've learned that we, we can help that system performance check helps us overcome 
the service fee complaint. Right. And if they don't want to pay the service fee, then we, we really don't want you. If you're already nickel and diming us now, we really don't <laughs> want you as a customer anyway. I agree. Totally agree. It's a well, it's a tangible benefit. Here is what exactly is going on with your system. You know, you call us out. Here's the problem, but you know, we we we've, we've done this diagnostic, and here's all these other things you should keep an eye on, right? So it's easy to it's easier at least to sell that for sure. It it absolutely is. It makes it a lot easier to for the customer. You know, when they when we get pushback, well, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a system performance check, and we make sure that our guys are doing it on every job. They have to do it. Yeah. You know, a, a big part of that, and I do hear, I mean, I've been doing this a long time, um, that guys will struggle, owners will struggle in getting their team to buy into that. Um, did you just have a good team or what did that process, how, what was that process like in getting them to understand why we're doing this this way now? And here's the benefit to the, to the customer. We're not just, you know, adding work for no reason for you. Yeah, we, we um, you know, oh, one thing I would, I would say, kind of backtracking a little bit, uh, we started having company meetings that we never, okay. you know, one thing, you know, I, I was, I was trying to think what, what are the things we did immediately? Getting sure. the, the, the meetings are important. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we are, because we had a smaller crew at the time, mm -hmm. you know, we really only had, when I joined uh, SGI, we had two, two real solid service techs here. Mm -hmm. So, and we had one maintenance tech. Um, and they were pretty receptive, you know, they, they want to, they, they're the kind of guys that want to do their best job and, and whatever we, whenever we've had to make any changes, they haven't really given us a lot of pushback. That's Maybe great. it's just because we've been through the, you know, through a war basically. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. So they've, they've, they've been through a lot with us and yeah. they want to do better. They want to, they want to improve. So right. it really wasn't that much pushback. You know, yeah. when we asked to, to do a system performance check, it just kind of really opened up their eyes, like why we do it, you know, right. make sure you get this done. Don't just go to it. When you walk in, you know, we talk about it a lot when they go on to a service call and they know what's wrong with the unit. You know, most of us, if you're trained, you can walk up, you can look at a unit and you'll know exactly what's wrong. Sure. But we don't want to just do that, change that part, because then you're going to get pushback like, oh, your guy was only here for five minutes and he charged yeah, me X, Y, Z. Yeah. So they can't, you get rid of all that aggravation when you just do the system performance check. Sure. So every sure. time. Did you, did you notice uh, callbacks went down? Because the guys maybe were now forced to take their time a little bit or were they always pretty yeah, good? Yeah, checklists, checklists definitely help. Occasionally there's oversights and things, you know, yeah, but yes, I have noticed an improvement for sure. That's great. You mentioned meetings, so and it's always on my checklist of things to talk about is training. Um, how did you first kind of get yourself up to speed on on how we deliver service and tell people to deliver service? You did, you know, again, it's, we're in a COVID environment where you just watching videos. Were you able to get to service essentials or anything like that at some point? Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't done that yet. Service essentials. Uh -huh. Training has is probably you know one on the list of something that I would like to see improved at, at 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 our company. Sure. We we do train. We tend to train more when when we see a pattern occur of of maybe something being overlooked, you know, or or certain callback a problem that I start to see. Sure. Since we have regular meetings with the service department, we tend to talk about, you know, the things that are going right and the things that are going wrong. And, and we have those training meetings, you know, um, when we feel they're necessary. So, you know, part of my, my vision of, you know, where, where we see ourselves in the next year or two, when we, when we put this addition on our building, we're going to definitely have a training room up there. Sure. That we don't have right now mm -hmm. and try to uh, have better, better training. Uh, just on product and uh, and uh, you know different, not just product but also process. You know how how to how to run calls and do things. Sure. Now how how have the how have the meetings gone? Have they been helpful? I mean, it sounds like it's something you do when you notice notice issues. But maybe in the past you didn't have those, right? So at least now no. people are learning from each other and and it'll probably. I've always found in talk with people it brings a team together. I mean, I. Certainly, you've had COVID to battle with, and I'm sure that brought you together. But, but again, that that regular face to face, and and there's just some camaraderie that comes from that as well. 
I agree. I agree. I mean, I personally, I don't know how they feel about them, but I, I enjoy our, our weekly meetings. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it does let everybody know like, Hey, we're all, you know, we're all in this together. We're not singling out one person. We talk about what we did right and what we did wrong together. Right. Uh, we, if somebody's doing something really good, you know, we, we ask him to explain, you know, what are you doing? How are you overcoming something or how do you get, you know, how do you flip that lead? How do you, you know, so we, yeah, we just, we just talk a lot of, a lot of positive, you know, information comes out of those weekly meetings. I think they're really important. Yeah. That's it's great. not something I would have done if my coach, you know, he, he, it, it took me a bit to get that because, <laughs> you know, as a, as an owner, you know, you're always thinking about having your guys on the road. Sure. But you really got to get them off the road and you got to talk about what's going right, what's going wrong. Sure. Sure. Um, you talk, we talked numbers a little bit on the front end and you, you realize your, your install prices, they needed to go up. Um, was now I guess in on the install side, gross margin, sounds like the labor and the materials are where they need to be. I know equipment keeps climbing and climbing. Have you had to continue to increase your prices uh, throughout this year? Have you been doing that? Yeah, we've increased our, you know, we've had a bunch of equipment price increases like most people have. Sure. Um, materials have gone up. We've had to raise those. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, you know, we've, it's always a challenge to main, you know, to main, you know, once you, you when it comes to the gross margin, you can't get comfortable with, you know, a lot of, I know in the past, you know, a few years ago, I let that get away from me where sure. you assume that, you know, there's all these little silent price increases that you don't catch. And next thing you know, yeah. So I've had years where we've had, you know, we felt like we were busy, you know, it looked like we were busy, yeah. but at the end we didn't have much profit left over. And um, it, it's not fun to work all year and not, not have a profit left over. For sure. So have you just gotten into a better, uh, you know, um, routine of looking at, you know, when those prices are creeping up or you, you know, you check it every week, you know, on, on the, ins with the replacement and all the other materials with service and maintenance or what, how do you, how do you stay on top of that? Yeah, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> well, fortunately on the equipment side, we're, we, we have like a live connection, you know, so whenever there's price increases on our equipment or, you know, we're able to, adapt really quickly to that so any current any jobs that we're currently bidding quoting etc they are live connected so whenever we have an increase it's it increases um Good. that price is today's price which yeah. is helpful you yeah. know where you just got to watch out is, is our you know on the install side i've got to watch out for my materials sure uh, copper you know all those things have gone up yeah. So I look at the numbers, um, I get feedback from our vendors. Mm -hmm. um, when I hear something's happening, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and increase there. On the service side, we're using someone to help us with our price book. So okay. every, every, every few months we get an updated price book. So, you know, we, we increase there as needed. Yeah. Okay. So I was going to ask, so when you mentioned uh, the install prices went up, were your gross margin good in service and maintenance when you kind of first got on with us? Or did you realize, okay, we better, we better increase our pricing here because we're maybe not making the margin we needed to be on that. Yeah. I was way low on my, I was, I was way low on my margin for install, but service yeah. was always around 50, 55%. Okay. Okay. But 70% of our revenue comes from install. Sure. So you know, I've got it. That, that was where we really needed to pay attention to. Yeah. You know, yeah. so when I came on board with SGI, we, we increased it. You know, at the time I was only at like 40%, you know, yeah. we were working at 40% gross margin on install wow. yeah. up to six, you know, we, I think we're around, we're about 60 now, but obviously we, you know, we have sales commissions and things like that. So we're giving some of it away, but sure. right now we, we go, we start at 60 right now. Support for this podcast comes from Professional Plumbing Group. How many hours in a day do your plumbers waste because you don't have the right part for the job? This problem leads to additional issues and reduced productivity, poor customer satisfaction, and increases your cost per job. Professional Plumbing Group, or PPG, can help you solve all those issues and more. 
We have everything you need to help your business grow and become more profitable by allowing you to focus on plumbing and not inventory management. Go to AuthorizedPlumberProgram.com for more information. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking with Al Balzoni of Efficient Air in Riverdale, New Jersey. Uh, in the two-plus years since he's become an SGI member, Al and his team have had back-to-back record-breaking years in terms of revenue. Just this year alone, 2021, sales are up a staggering 94% uh, at an incredible 52% gross margin. So far, we've learned a lot about Al. We've learned about uh, his history, the, the company's history, and some of the changes that he and his team uh, made early on with Efficient Air and how they delivered service. Uh, in the second half of this interview, Al's going to talk about how he changed his sales process, as well as uh, the decision he finally made to pull himself out of the field as a salesperson so that he could focus on growing the business. Plus, Al shares a bunch more. So let's jump back into my conversation with Al Balzoni of Efficient Air. Well, let's, uh, let's talk a little sales. You, you mentioned increasing the price there. Uh, did you adopt any of our, you know, did you change any of your warranties or guarantees or or did you, you know, in terms of the value proposition, or, or did you, you always feel like you were pretty strong to begin with and you just needed to finally catch up to what you were offering? Yeah. You know, those are areas I always feel like I, I need to improve. You know, we, we can always add more value there. Sure. Uh, the one thing that we do that I did start doing is um, the comfort guarantee. Oh, you okay. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I felt like that was important because we're doing it anyway. We believe in what we do. We believe in our equipment sizing, how we, you know, how we come to the, those numbers. So, so yeah, we started doing the uh, the comfort guarantee. That's one of the big things that I that I've included. There, there's always room for improvement, but that's I would say the biggest thing that we did was that that's the cool. comfort guarantee and the uh, the background check. And drug screens, installers, we you know employees, we 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 focus on those a lot. That's great. Now, when you started that, I've heard all sorts of horror stories. It sounded like your team came through pretty solidly, or did you have some changeover? When no, we didn't have any turnover because of that's it. Wonderful. That's wonderful. That's yeah. wonderful. I've heard yeah. I've heard whole companies get wiped out. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. it's just the state of things are these days. Well, fortunately, we are small enough. You know, it's always yeah. easier to do things like this to make oh, changes yeah. in a smaller company. Sure. When you have a much larger company, you know, change is a lot harder and slower. But oh, we can change sure. quick because we're small. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you, uh, do you guys use our comfort survey to kind of open, ask those open-ended questions to get people to start thinking about, you know, IEQ and, and what parts of the home maybe aren't as comfortable as others? Yeah, definitely. That that was one of the things that I, when when I was out selling, you know, for as the main selling person for a fish for our company, yeah. I um, I didn't have much of a process per se, you know. Right. So I needed to I needed to kind of help refine that. So yeah, the those questions helped me stay on stay focused on what I'm here, what my objective was. My objective was to, you know, ask these questions, get all the information I could out of the customer sure. and, and move on through the sales process. So yes, I definitely uh, like what I, how, how that works. Sure. Yeah. Do you use our, our sales system or do you have another one that you, you use your comfort? No, I, I'm using, I'm pretty much using your, you know, the SGI sales system right now. Yeah, we use the we don't use the booklet, but we do use we do use the comfort survey. Mm -hmm. uh, we do use the um, I, I don't do the load the load calculations we do manually. Okay, uh, sure. I'm sorry, we do electronically. We well, don't do that manually. Yeah, sure. Yeah, as long as you're doing them, that's kind of what I always say. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, do you feel like um, you know when you were the salesperson, did it slow you down a little bit? So you didn't you weren't maybe rushing. Or did you always kind of realize you just don't don't want to drop bids and, and drop 20 of them and go, oh, I don't know why that's no one called me back? Question. Well, part that's part of the struggle of the small business of the owner, you know, doing wearing a lot of hats is before SGI, I used to run, you know, three calls a day, mm -hmm. you know, and they were not very thorough. I would go on a, I'd go on a, I'd go on a call. And if I knew I had to get to three, I was kind of more of a quote giver than, sure. than digging and finding problems and fixing, you know, giving solutions, et cetera. 
that's right. where I changed when I when I came over here. I realized like instead of running around burning fuel, giving three estimates and just throwing quotes out, yeah, you know, if we spend more time with less customers, we'll probably end up doing the same, you know, get getting the same amount of business, if not better. Right. So that's what I did. I I I, I changed my process thanks to you guys. Did you just read everything? Because you haven't been able to get the training. I mean, things have been squirrely. I mean, you haven't been with us too long, but you've changed so much. Did you just do the best you could, or did you talk to your coach and and just kind of piece it from there? Yeah, a lot of everything. Yeah, listening listening to the you know to the videos. Yeah, the podcasts and the coach, and uh, we did do the I did do the comfort advisor class. Oh, you did good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, so that helps too, you know, for sure. and then, you know, you just go out there and, you know, you, you do the best you could, you know, I feel like you got to launch, you know, you gotta, you, you can't, I'm not, I'm not the kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm from New Jersey, so I'm impatient. Um, <laughs> I'd rather do something, even if it's not perfect, that's different than I was. Right. Then wait for it to be perfect. If you wait for your process to be perfect, you're never yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's me. I just do it. It's not perfect. I'm not perfect, but it's definitely more, it's proven to be more successful doing it that way than, than in the past. Sure. And I, I did not pay you for the podcast plug. I just want to specify that. But uh, did you notice your closing percentage went up a little bit when you started pacing yourself a little better? Yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, yeah, I did. I couldn't tell you what the exact percentage is, but sure. it felt good. It felt right to me. It, it felt right because I, w- I would probably say I, I gained probably like 10 percent. Oh, that's I probably great. gained a job. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, by doing it that way. And I felt good about when I when I left the house. Yeah. Even if the customer didn't choose us, I know I know that I did the best that I could do to you know un- uncover their needs and whether they chose us or not. You know that was their decision, obviously. But for sure, I, I did the best that I could. Yeah. No closing uh, more jobs at a higher uh, ticket is always uh, a recipe for success, and it you can see why your sales have have escalated like they have. Um, you mentioned earlier, you know, it was, it was a good decision for you to finally get out of the, uh, the salesperson role so you could manage the business. Right. Um, and that's just the process. Every small business owner has to, you have to continually replace yourself. Right. That's, that's, that's part of it. So when did you decide to finally hire a salesperson? What, you know, what prompted yeah. that decision? Last year, um, right during COVID, mm-hmm after COVID, you know, that spring, summer of 2020, I was, we were, we were doing great. As I said, you know, we had, uh, we grew about 40% that year. Yeah. 2020. And I, I was really stressed out. I was working, you know, I had a lot of jobs, just not, not only, not only at, at, at work, but obviously my family. Oh, sure. So we had to, I was, we were having a good year, but I wasn't having fun. Yeah. I was stressed out constantly, you know, working, working. And that, that summer, the end of that summer, that was it for me. I realized that I can't be, I can't lead this company the way I want to. If sure. I'm constantly out on the road all day long, you know, cause right. when you, right. you know how it is, uh, when you're, you know, a comfort advisor, you're, you know, you're on the road for a good portion of the day. So there's a lot of phone calls to make. So I I was, I felt like I was holding us back quite honestly. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't do, I couldn't be the best comfort advisor that I could be. So I had to give, I had to eventually give up that, that position. Right. Who now, how did you you just put a a few ads out there on uh, online and, and gone and went fishing? Uh, How, how long did it take for you to finally get a a good candidate? it, It takes a while. Like, um, yeah, it's not easy. Right. Um, you know, you, you, there's all different kinds of, of people out there to hire. There's, you know, the guys that have some experience. Right, right. Uh, there's the guys that have no experience of our industry. Uh, we ended up choosing somebody who had a little bit of experience, maybe two years okay. of working, you know, as an advisor. 
uh, comfort advisor, but he didn't have any previous experience in our trade, in our field. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and he was the best person that we felt, you know, that fit the bill at the time for us, you know, to, to take over. So yeah. he took over and we gave him, you know, I, I did a bunch of ride-alongs with him for the right. first, you know, few weeks, month. And then um, it kind of got to the point where he asked me, hey, do you mind if I do this on my own? That's great. And I let him, I let him go. And, yeah. you know, he closed the sale and I noticed he started getting comfortable. Yeah. So, we, you know, we kind of let him go. And That's great. He's been doing well. That's fantastic. That's a good story. It can we're happen. You can for, let go. We're looking to hire, we are looking to hire a second one now, so. That's fantastic. Same process as looking online and, and, and interviewing people, or have you gotten yeah, that far? Yeah, we, we, we are, you know, right now we're word of mouth and mm -hmm. using the normal job boards at this point. It's, it's, it's thin, slim pickings. I know. But. If you figure it out, let us know, okay? So we can tell everybody <laughs> else. <laughs> um, now you've had to hire some technicians as well, right? I mean, you yeah, this year we had, you know, we have the most amount of technicians. I hired uh, two service techs this year, actually three. Yeah. Uh, we had, um, we had a, a change. Uh, somebody left our team in, in the in the winter of, of 2021 okay so we were we came into the season um a little light so we found uh, at the time you know in early of in early 2021 we were able to get a maintenance technician that got mm -hmm. us back up to three and then um those guys our, our techs were just getting were just getting murdered out there so they they sure. needed more they needed yeah. more help. So fortunately, you know, we were able to find two service techs. So that got our team up to five now, which is the most I've ever had. So we've sure. got five service techs. We're really excited about the future here. Yeah. Now everyone has to carry their own license in New Jersey, right? They can't just work under your license or is that incorrect? In New Jersey, no. Um, we, I am the license holder and oh, you are the license. everyone else can work underneath my license. Okay. All right. So these newer people, you know, they may not, I mean, did, were they greener and you kind of trained them up? Like that is definitely the new wave and what we talk to members a lot about, right? Is yeah, we got lucky. Without bad habits and, and teach them yeah. how you want it to be done. Um, on the Out of the three guys that we hired, one of them is green out of trade school who's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, he he was good with his hands. He's mechanically inclined. Sure. So he picks up on, on everything pretty easily. Yeah. So we're, he's he's a work in progress. Um, the second one we hired, he came from the heating industry, but okay. didn't have much HVAC. But okay. he knew he knew like boilers. Sure. So he's also mechanically inclined. He's he's a heating mechanic, but not an AC mechanic yet. Yeah. He's yeah. he's working he's working there. So I I wouldn't consider him green, but we're yeah. training him. Okay. And is that a ride-along process, or or do you do any any technical training in the office? How do you yeah, we, we had him ride along with our senior guys. Yeah. Uh, for as well as office, you know, I do we do some office training here as well in, in the yeah. in our in our building, yeah. technical training. Um, but a lot of it comes from him riding along with some of our senior guys getting to learn how to you know speak to the clients and watching the videos. Sure. Um, yeah. So he's 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 uh he's gonna be fantastic. That's good. And then uh, the final person we hired, he's he's a seasoned technician. He's okay. Been doing this for about five years, so he's he's got a lot of experience, and he doesn't need much tech training. He just kind of needs more process training on how we do things because it's different. Oh uh, yeah. Companies operate the way we do. Right. Right. Well, good. If he's if he's open to it, that's great. You've got a good one then, right there. So far, you know, so far so good. Yeah, um, you needed more technicians because you got more calls and you're staying busier. Uh, I didn't ask about any kind of a, a maintenance program or club membership program. I'm, I'm assuming you have one. Yeah, we do. We uh, uh, the techs, our techs primarily sell the clubs. Okay. Yeah. And um, they renew them as well if if needed. But yeah, okay. it, it's mostly, you know, I know that's a big debate. I'm not sure what's right, what's wrong. I know some companies will have their, you know, office staff uh, 
do it. We we decided a few years ago that we wanted our techs to do it. Sure. So I think most it's... everyone has has techs to do it. Some have their office do that as well. Um, didn't it? Did that program change at all with us, or were you pretty happy with it at that point? Yeah, it did change um, in the sense that we we used to only offer prior to us being with, uh, with with SGI, we only offered a one year plan, which is like, why do we make it so complicated? <laughs> you know, um, you know. Then we felt like we were constantly chasing expirations, sure. getting people to renew, all the struggles of having a club yep. plan. Uh, so we we decided to, you know, open it up where you know we we try to get more monthlies now if we yeah. can. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't realize like you know a lot all this success brings a lot more club plans in, which is an incredible amount to manage. Yes, yes it is. Yes it is. I was going to ask yeah. that. Now, yeah, how are you managing all these club members? Are you are you just trying to stack them up during your traditional off-peak seasons? Are you trying to run them the month they're sold? I've, I've heard all sorts of things over over the years because it it can add up, right? As as you guys are getting better at selling stuff and communicating value. Yeah, yeah so we're adding value. One of the things we also do is as far as adding value is we we do offer them with our with our installs. So, you know, for every install we do, we know that we're gonna go back to that house at least two two more times. Oh, that's good, yeah. Um, so that kind of keeps our service department busy and, and it also keeps our, you know, it allows us to go back and check on our installs to make sure that, you know, our, our installers are doing everything right. that they're supposed to, you know? Sure, sure. Um, and you just build that into the price, of course, of your install. So. For those people yeah. who are listening, you're not taking a hit on that. You're not just doing free work, right? Yeah. Right. Correct. So I think, yeah, we we do that, and you know, so the management of them. It, you asked about how how we don't we try. It really depends on how busy our schedule is that day. Sure. You know, if a guy sells a maintenance plan, do we? You asked if do we perform it the same day? Well, not the same day. Like, uh, in, I know some people will go, okay, I sold it in June. I'm going to go back six months later to do in, in December to do the, you know, the furnace tune up. And then I'm going to come back in June again and to do the AC tune up. And yeah. then there's other people that go, I don't have anything in March. March is slow for us. I'm just going to pile them up in March. But then all of a sudden, you get a 95 degree day in March, and it screws everything up. So I, it's I was just a, intrigued at how you've been. It's a science. It's a science. It really is. Um, you know, we try to, you know, what we try to do out of the five guys that we have now is like now we start to have the luxury where we can't have one guy basically doing, you know, three, three of them a day, three maybe four, depending on, you know. So we find it it's really important to have one person who's who's just doing them every day. Yeah. yeah. The toughest thing that we don't we try not to put them all in one month. We try to spread them out. I'd love to like right now we're ending the cooling season, sure. right? We're in what is it now? August 24th. Can't believe that. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, but it's still going to be nice, still 90 degrees here in New Jersey and trying to call a customer. Hey, we want to come and check your heating unit. <laughs> right. He, right. You know, that's right. always a challenge. We always For get sure. pushback from our from our club members uh, occasionally about the timing. And then, you know, we so we try to do it. We try to spread them out the best that we can. If yeah. customers let it, we, we we try to make it a year round program. That's that's what I'd like. But yeah. occasionally our, our clients don't allow it. They they only sure. want us to come when if I'm running my air conditioning, I want you here when it's running. Right. And I want you here when I'm running my heating. Sure. So that that forces us what, what that ends up what ends up happening is that that lumps them all into a small amount of time that you've yeah. got to do a lot of them. It's yeah. it's a tough thing to manage for sure. It's oh yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, do you now, do you, I guess, do you, do you spiff your guys on those? They get like at a certain a dollar amount for each one sold. Yeah. I think we're currently giving our guys like 20 or $25 yes. for every one they sell and renewals. We give the same if they okay. renew it. That's great. Yeah. If, it, if it's an annual and they renew it, you know, in the field. Yeah. How about on flips? Do they, what kind of a spiff or carrot do they have to flip 
flip uh, opportunities to your salesperson? Yeah, we give them 2% of the of the gross sale. Great, great. That's awesome. Now, I guess yeah, sales yeah. is all commission, your sales yeah, guy? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Right, right. And then if he if he discounts, it, it, it gets reflected with him as well? He loses a little bit? Or does yeah, he get we have it? like a sliding, we have a sliding scale. Right. Yeah. So if he yes. discounts, it's all based on for us, you know, I know every, every company is different. We base it right now on, you know, on, on a gross margin for the most part, you know, we have amount he can discount and our, our scale slides, you know, up and down based on that. Yeah. I just, there's people that it might surprise you that they'll, they'll say, Oh yeah, you can discount and they'd still get the salesperson still gets the same lump sum. So he goes, what's well, your, I'll discount it if I can get the sale. Right. So I just always, I always ask that. So people hear that. Um, yeah. How about your, your, uh, your texts? Are they hourly or do you do uh, some kind yeah. of performance pay? No, we're still on hourly with all our sure. people. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That's good. No, it's, it's always a tough question to ask. I don't ever want to get too much into it, but it's such a big part of it because it affects that gross margin. Right. So uh, it's, it's important. I like to bring it up. Yeah. Um, now, how about uh, I'm just jumping around as we close out here, and I appreciate all your time out. It's been really enjoyable. Uh, you talked about marketing a little bit. How you know? I know things have been just nuts in general in our industry. I feel like phones are ringing just because uh, people are home more and they're running their stuff more, right? But have you had to change much in your marketing or your branding uh, over the last couple of years that that's been uh, successful for you? Yeah, we definitely have hired some. You know, we've 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 brought on some other outside outside vendors to help us with our you know our digital media strategy sure yeah you know so obviously a, a big a big chunk of our dollars go to pay-per-click or google local oh, yeah. service ads you know things of that nature facebook we we try we definitely spread it around there on the digital we are still doing some traditional traditional media as well like you know mailings uh -huh. You know, we'll mail, you know, we'll do some postcards and, and mailings and mm -hmm. they can be successful too. At times we've discovered, oh, sure. yeah, yeah that, that's not, that's not, um, it's not, it's not all about digital. There's still, there's still a market out there that looks at, that looks for uh, direct mail as well. So. Are you only direct mailing your customer base or do you do for new clients as well? We do both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you target yeah. by zip code or how are you, uh, how are you, are you, have we, use some demo we use demographics, you know, okay. we, we look for a certain, you know, age of home. We yeah. don't want to be mailing to a home that was recently built. Sure. We try to avoid multifamilies and things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's usually income and, you know, the age of your home right now, I believe are the two main and the age of the homeowner. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Very good. Well, kind of in wrapping up, I mean, you, you've been through a lot these last two years. It's been, uh, it's been a ride. Um, where do you see the company in the next five to 10 years? What kind of uh, long-term goals do you have? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to see us hit, you know, like, I, I don't know how long it's going to take us to get there. So it might be shorter than five years, but you know, I'd like to see us, my, my initial, my next step for revenue would be to try to get to 5 million. Then I want to hit 10 million as far as our revenue. Sure. Uh, I'd like to see us get some more management in place. I think we're at that point right now where we need managers. Yeah. So, you know, I'd like to see some management come in. Uh, I'd like to grow, you know, get, get more office space. As I was saying before, we, you know, sure. shorter, sooner than later, we need more office space for the next, the next sort of phase of our company where we can bring in managers and actually have a place, a workstation. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I see us getting, you know, just more managers, you know, continue continue to grow our our top line, make sure we're profitable. Sure. Yeah. Who uh what's the first manager you think you, you'd like to add? Maybe like a service manager to try to alleviate that burden for you? Yeah, big time. Yeah. Service, then install. I don't know. I know some companies kind of combine service combine and them. install together. Yeah. I'd be open to that too. But yes, sure. service slash install manager would be the most important next next position i feel is that that next year or or even sooner you know it might be sooner i need more space <laughs> right i can't fit anyone else in in my office unless they work from home right that opens a can of worms for sure so well great yeah. what it um if you know what advice would you have uh for fellow sgi members that maybe have been with it just not too long and 
and are just starting to make changes and they're apprehensive. We get people like that, that that go through it, but they're afraid of change, but they know they need to do it. So what would you say to them? Yeah. You know, I would say, you know, to challenge, I would say to challenge yourself. This is just to SGI members. I would say to, to challenge yourself, break out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Listen to your coaches. You know, they, they really do have your best interests. And, and if, you know, like my coach challenges me and I, I appreciate that, you know, yeah. he, 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 he's not afraid to say, you know, what's on his mind and, and, and he's not just there to make me feel good. You know, I don't yeah. want a pat on the back. I want to know if, if I'm doing the right thing, the wrong thing, et cetera. So I would just say, challenge yourself and, and get out of your comfort zone. I think too many of us uh, owners do sometimes take the easy path and, and, and you know, I think if you challenge yourself and you truly want to have a company that that can run without you there, because that's yeah. my goal. I'm trying to get this company to run where where it doesn't need me to run. In other words, I want to be here, but a different capacity. I don't want to be the person who, without me here today, this job can't happen. Sure. So sure. I would say I'm challenge glad, yourself. I'm glad you mentioned uh, your coach because I that. I've heard you or do a great job of, of always answering that phone call. You guys have regular meetings. Michael was telling me this, right? I think that's who you work with all the time. Yes, sir. What, why now what speak to that? Cause again, there's, there's people that don't take advantage of that. What, why did you feel like that was important for you to do that? Yeah. I think it's a, what every week or every month you guys talk. Yeah. We talk, I try to talk every week and he's sometimes even surprised that I talk to him in the busy season. Yeah. You know, because it's really, you know, sometimes I just, I need to stop what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, like I get, I'm, I can consider myself a workaholic at times. Yeah, and sure. that, that, that Wednesday phone call that we have, it breaks me out of my routine. And, and you know what, some, every week is different. Some weeks we're celebrating and some weeks it's like, you know, not that great. And he's yeah. there and we talk about, you know, even if it's a 20 or 30 minute talk, you know, we'll, sure. we'll do what we can. We'll talk about what we can, even if I have to make it quick. I may have some things on my mind that that have not been going well. You know, we've had some we've had some challenges this year. Oh, even course. with all the success, it comes with challenges. Yeah, keeps me um, he keeps me grounded, keeps me keeps me focused at times. Yeah, so yeah, he's, a, he's a great guy. I'm glad, I'm I'm glad, glad I have him. You're doing the right thing. I mean, that's 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 the value of a group, right? An outside resource. You're not on an island anymore as as a business owner. Um, and then last last question is, what advice would you have for, you know, for other non-members, maybe thinking about it? What has SGI meant for you, uh, you know, as a, as a business owner going through this? Yeah, I, I think I can say like two things. Like one, if, if they feel like they're, you know, stuck like where I was, I couldn't I couldn't break through a certain revenue goal that I, I had in mind. You know, you need sometimes you need to you need outside help to help you look at your company, look at your numbers, look at your pricing, things that you just never thought about. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that, and I, I do think, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that I joined SGI just because of the scripting and the way they helped us navigate through the COVID times. We, you know, yeah. I felt like I wasn't alone and you guys were there. So yeah, I would just, I would say um, if you're stuck and you feel like your company's in a rut, you should uh, reach out to these guys and uh, have them look at your numbers and and see see what you can do to get get yourself to the next level if if that's what you're looking to do. That's great. Well, Al, I I can't thank you enough for all your time, especially in August when I'm sure there's a hundred other things you could be doing. Really appreciate your your insight. Great story. I think five million dollars is going to happen in a blink uh, nice. before you know it. I think you've got everything going in the right direction. So thank you so much for your time. I deeply, deeply appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Have a great one. All right. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye. That's Al Balzoni of Efficient Air in Riverdale, New Jersey, on how he and his team have broken through that glass ceiling by having the right mindset and being proactive in changing. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, please email me at bhouchen at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, leave us a five-star review. 
and please join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we will continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in the residential contracting world. This is The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Arzell HVAC Zoning Technology. Arzell has been producing innovative zoning systems for over 35 years. We manufacture the highest quality HVAC zoning equipment from our factory in Cleveland, Ohio. Innovation, customer service, and outstanding products backed by a lifetime warranty are why so many contractors only use Arzell Zoning. We offer easy-to-install solutions from a basic two-zone system all the way up to the most difficult zoning applications. For more information, go to arzellzoning.com or contact Annette Justice at Annette at arzellzoning.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com.